And today, when I was thinking about this service, I was like, who can speak today? And I thought, well, why don't we get the newest dad in the church who's just experienced what it is to become a father? And not only that, today is his first time speaking to the big people service. And so he's probably a little bit nervous. So we're going to give him a good amen. And I told him before, remember, you're just speaking to family uh, here. But, you know, he awesome son-in-law proud of them. I got two of the coolest sons and laws uh, and uh, well it's not a competition guys okay but uh, but but he's gonna bring a word today just I said well what's it like for you being a dad you've been you, you know he can, this is the first service he can sort of stand up and go hey I'm I'm a part of the dad group I'm a part of the dad group so would you put your hands together and welcome Pastor Carl as he comes daddy Carl to bring the word today You guys grab a seat. We doing well this morning? Awesome. Happy Father's Day to all the dads. So good. Hey, can I see all the dads in the house here? You guys are champions. Absolutely love you. And I'm so glad that I can be a part of that dad club now. That's right. Eight weeks on, it is, uh, it's been awesome. It's been fantastic. If you don't know who I am, my name is uh, Kyle, youth pastor here, along with my wife, Grace. She'll be here shortly. But um, this photo on the side screens... Okay, here's the story. Two years ago, freshly married, I wasn't a dad, but I wanted to celebrate and get amongst so I jumped in the dad photo booth. I was prophetically speaking that one day I will be a dad, and here I am two years later, so I'm going to be in that photo booth after this with my family. It's going to be so good. Uh, the next photo is a photo of my family. That's us there, myself, a little boy Joshua in the middle, and my wife, Grace crazy. That was our first time at church as a family. I think he was three weeks old, and he has changed so much since then. It's funny, being a parent, you don't think they change, eh? Then you look back at these photos, and you're like, whoa, he's changed. And I'm glad he has changed, but looks cute there. Looks even cuter now, right? You know, earlier in the week, I got asked if I had a haircut. I said no. I got them all cut. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I can flaunt those dad jokes now. Officially, you want to hear a joke about construction? Uh, well, I'm still working on it. <laughs> it's, it's so good, so good. So I've been a dad for eight weeks, and prior to the arrival of my son, Joshua, Grace and I, we attended these classes, which prepared us for a parenthood. They're called antenatal classes. Are we familiar? Right? So we went to these classes, and went over a couple of weeks, and we learned everything that there is to learn about being a parent. We learned how to care for a newborn. We learned how to change the nappies, how to swaddle them, how to look out for the different rashes and that kind of stuff. We learned everything that there is to know about being parents. Come to delivery day, I was prepared. We were prepared for nothing. All right? Isn't that true? Right? You can have all this head knowledge, but it isn't until you're actually there applying it that it actually becomes learnt. We learned all this stuff, but it was like, oh, actually, wait, what, how do I change a nappy? How do I do this? How do I hold them without dropping and making them? Ah, it's like, it's freaky stuff. But I can say eight weeks into it, I'm living it. I am loving it, breathing it. So I guess you can call me a pro at the dad life. Yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The journey, it's been super interesting. I'll say that. Uh, ups and downs. You know, there's no knowing what is going to happen next. You've got to step into every day like it's a new day, all right? Just because 
you got your child to calm down and settle. And by rocking them a certain way, it doesn't mean they're going to settle from the exact tactic the next day, right? Just because you sing them a certain song to lull them to sleep doesn't mean that song is going to do it justice the next day. Every day is different when you have kids and you have to approach it with a mindset that it's okay, that it's okay. I've learned a lot and I've learned that being a dad requires change, consistency, constant change, but also a lot of courage as well. Another thing I've learned is that it's not about you being a dad, but at the same time it is, right? See, if I want to be the best father to my son, then I have to look after myself. I've got to make sure that I'm well rested, that I've got food in the tank so I don't get hangry and run short on patience when my child keeps on crying. I've got to take care of myself. And I know that when Joshua gets older, that if I want him to have the right priorities in place in his life, the right valuable, the right values, then I've got to demonstrate that in my life. I've got to demonstrate what I prioritize so that he can follow in those footsteps. It's not about me, but at the same time, at the same time it is. Being a father, it shifts you. It grows you. It changes your focus and your priorities. It brings down walls that you never knew you had. It makes you soft and mushy on the inside, right? Gives you more patience in that tank. You got more oomph because you now know of a love that would do whatever it takes to see your child succeed, right? I did some research on what it means to be a father, right? I wanted to figure out what I was getting myself into. And so this is what Google said about the role of a father, the importance of a father in a child's life. Anyone can father a child, but being a dad takes a lifetime. I've got a long time to go. Fathers play a role in every child's life that cannot be filled by others. This role can have a large impact on the child and help shape him or her into the person that they become. Now, that's Google's definition. I'd agree with a lot of that. The father has, you know, paramount impact on their kids and how they are raised and how they shape them and form them. But I want to take a look at the Bible. I want to dig into an example that is, just, that is set before us on how we can be the best fathers to our kids as well. It's the story of the prodigal son. I'm sure a lot of us have heard this before, but if you haven't, we're going to read the whole thing because the Word of God is good. Amen. So in Luke chapter 15, 11 to 23, NIV version on the screens. Here we go. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So they were wealthy. Cool. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the youngest son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. It's a bad situation to be in. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am, starving to death. I will sit out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he gets up and goes to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. 
He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. What a story. What a story of the unexpected, a change of circumstances. You know, at the beginning, I bet the father wasn't expecting the son to rock on up, to demand his inheritance, and then to blow it all away. You know, the father in that whole experience, that unexpected event, you can imagine that he would have felt hurt, thinking, wait, this, is, this wasn't a part of my plan for you. What, what's happening? Would have felt hurt. But on the other side as well, you can see the response of the father. I don't think the son was expecting the father to, to hug him. I don't think the, fa- the son was expecting the father to bring him in like that and to celebrate him. You know, we can't control what our children will do in their futures. We can't determine the decisions that they will make. But as fathers, as dads, we can control our response. We can control the words that we choose to say. We can control the actions that we do in response to the unexpected things that happen. I love the father's response in the story of the prodigal son. So we're going to take a moment and take a closer look because this is a great picture of how God is a father to us, but also how we can be the best fathers to our children and to others as well. The first thing we see when the son returns is that the father embraced him. He embraced him. You know, embracing is a sign of affection. It's not a quick, hey, how you doing? Everything okay? Slap on the shoulder, you'll be right. That's not embracing. Embracing is to pull them in, to draw them close, to show affection, to give love, to provide that sense of safety and security. That's what embrace does. You know, growing up, I feared failing. I hated disappointing people. Absolutely dreaded it. And in my childhood, I broke a lot of things, okay? Right, children, they make mistakes a lot. So I broke a lot of things. The earliest thing that I could remember breaking was a door handle. One day, I was swinging on it. Next thing you know, it snaps. Of course, it's going to snap, right? My siblings were there, and if siblings are good for anything, it's for making sure you get told off for the wrongs that you do, right? (laughs) Come on. So I didn't get away with it. I got told off for breaking the handle. Needless to say, I never did that again. A couple of years passed, and I'd come a bit more to my senses, and Dad thought it was a good idea to teach me how to chop wood, right? How to chop wood, get the old axe and chop the wood. So he took me around the back to the woodshed, and he's like, all right, get a good stance, shoulder width apart. Grab the handle, put the axe head over your shoulder, pop it up so it's central, bounce, and then boom, you split the wood. That is how it's done. It's sharp on the axe handle, so just be careful of that. But you'll be right, you'll be sweet. So I cracked that. I was pretty good. I remember having a friend over one afternoon. We were bored. So what else do bored boys do except for go to the woodshed and chop some wood, right? Yeah, come on, some good, good competitions on see who could split the wood in the least amount of shots. So we've been doing that for a little while, and the size of the wood rings, they were getting bigger. And so we had to put a bit more oomph into it, a bit more strength to split the wood in the least amount of shots. We brought out this last one because it was getting late, right? And I was like, you know, I can do this. I can crack it. I can split it. 
Easy as. So I grabbed the axe, put the axe head over my shoulder, bobbed it up above my head, and came down with all my might, and snap. I was like, oh, that's not what I was wanting to hear. I had snapped the handle of the axe. I was pretty strong, right? Pretty strong. You know, in an instant, I was enjoying it, but all of a sudden, I was filled with fear because I'd snapped my dad's axe. And in my mind as a kid, this was his favorite axe. I mean, it was his only axe, but it was his favorite axe. He taught me, he taught my older brother how to chop wood with this axe. I was flipping out. I was freaking because I didn't want to be a disappointment to my dad. I was entrusted with a position of his, and now I had just broken it. And I was like, oh, no, this is not good. But my friend is there, and i got to play it cool. So I'm like, oh, I guess that's the end of it. And I decided to tuck it away in the furthest corner of the shed so that no one would spot it. I knew I had to tell my dad. I drew it out for as long as possible. Tried to drop hints. Hey, Dad, we need a new axe. What? Yeah, you know, metal axes, metal handles, way stronger. Didn't work. It came closer to winter. I was like, I need to tell my dad. Came to that point, silence for a fair bit of time before I managed to utter out the, uh, uh, sorry. He's like, what? Sorry, broke axe. And I was literally just bawling out in tears because I hated the feeling of being a disappointment. And to my surprise, I thought dad was going to be angry. I thought he was going to be annoyed, frustrated, disappointed. But to my surprise, what my dad did is he took a step forward and he just embraced me. Pulled me in close as though to say, everything is okay. I forgive you. Don't worry about it. It's just an axe. It's like he was saying those things without even having to open his mouth. An embrace is powerful. An embrace demonstrates love and the love of a father. Luke 15, 20, so he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. It's important that we embrace our kids, that we embrace the generations that are younger than us. So when do we embrace our kids? Well, when they get home from school. You don't know what they've been through in their day. You don't know if they've been bullied. You don't know if they failed a test. You don't know if they didn't get picked for a game. Embrace your kid. When you get home from work, maybe your child has been waiting at the doorstep, waiting, just waiting to share some important news. Maybe they've got a surprise for you. When you get home from work, just embrace your kid. When they're upset, when they're not feeling well, we don't know the circumstances, the situations they're going through. We don't know the pressures and complexities of the things that they're dealing with in their world. And they need that sense of, it's okay. I'm here for you. I love you. Embrace your kids, when they're doing good, when they pass a test, when they get their license, when they buy their first house, when they get a promotion at work, when their business is a success, embrace them. Embrace your kids. And embrace is powerful. The second thing that we see from the story of the prodigal son is that the father elevated the son. And to elevate is to rise or to lift to a higher position. You see, the son, he came in with the mindset of, I'll just be a servant. You know what? I'm not worthy of being a son. No, no, I'll be a servant. He didn't feel worthy. He had spoiled his inheritance. Everything that his dad had set for him, he had spoiled it. He was filled with, get, uh, with guilt, a disappointment, like he was a failure, that he wasn't good enough. But what does the father do? He pulls him up. 
right? He pulls him up to where he belongs. Luke 15, 22. But the father said to the servants, bring quickly the best robe. Not a robe of the servants. No, no, the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. The father elevated him to where he belongs. The son may have seen himself elsewhere, but the father knows where he belongs. The father knows where he should have been. Joshua, he started talking. Full sentences, in fact. He's that child. That's right. Baby talk. I don't know what he's saying, but we have conversations. And it's like, is that right, Joshy? Yeah. What? Yeah. We have all these conversations. It's great. He just is an absolute chatterbox. Just doesn't stop. I'm like, wow, amazing, wow. I got a dad voice now. Come on, all the dads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But our conversation will go like that for a while. But then I start to change what I say. What? You're a strong boy. Yeah, you're such a strong boy. Oh, aren't you a clever man? Oh, clever boy. Wait, you're gonna be a leader when you're older. Wow. Wait, you're gonna change the world. Oh, you're going to have an impact on all these people's lives and you haven't met them yet? Wow, Joshua. Wow. You know, he's only eight weeks old, but I speak these things over his life in faith because I know that what I say has power on my boy. My job as a dad is to pull that potential out of him, to call him up to the plans and purposes that God has for him because I want to see him succeed. Our words, they have power our words shape worlds. We can have an impact on our kids by simply speaking things over their lives. Don't look at where they're at now. Look at where they could be in the future. Fathers, they embrace. Fathers, they elevate. And the third thing we can see in the story of the prodigal son is that the father chooses to enjoy the moment. He chooses to take delight and pleasure and his son, who was a gift from God. Yes, the son did the unexpected. Probably hurt the father. But he decided to leave it behind anyways. He decided to leave it in the past and celebrate and enjoy the return of his son in that moment. Luke 15, 23. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. The unexpected happens to all of us. It happens to all of us. We can't predict what's going to happen tomorrow, let alone the next five minutes, right? You know, it happens to all of us, but we need to choose to celebrate the moment, celebrate the wins. Life goes way too quick. We can't push pause. We can't rewind. We can't stop, but we can enjoy our kids and champion them in the journeys that they are on today. You know, it's easy to look back at all the things that have gone wrong, but when we do that, we miss out on the good that is right in front of us. I never wanted to change nappies, I confess. Right, I'm pretty sure that's like the same story for every dad. I never wanted to do it. I'd tell Grace before Joshie came, I'm not changing the nappies. That's your job. Um, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not doing that, all right? The thought of, of just changing the smell, I was like, no thanks, I cannot do that. I changed the first nappy. Changed the second nappy. Changed nappies, changed lives. That's all I can say. That's all I can say. I never thought I'd be in a place where I'm celebrating the fact that I've been vomited on. My nice clean white t-shirt. I'm like, wow, big vomi, good boy. Daddy's going to change his t-shirt now. Ooh. I didn't realize I'd be in that position, but that's what being a dad does to you. On one occasion with Joshua, 
I was changing his nappy, right? Rookie mistake. I forgot to put a wipe, a baby wipe on his front, okay? Rookie mistake, all right? If you have a boy, make sure you put like a flannel or something. Anyways, so I go to take the dirty nappy out from underneath him. And then all of a sudden, I see this stream just, just taking off, glistening, right? It's going all over his clean clothes. And I'm like, no! And I reach over to grab a wipe. And I pull it closer to try and cover what's going on here. Then all of a sudden, there's an explosion going in the other direction. And I'm like, what is happening? And so I'm trying to collect the stuff and it's dripping down the table. And I'm like, oh, no. We had a serious uh, punami on our hands. It's a tsunami, but with poo. Yeah, absolutely crazy. I was not expecting that at all. I wasn't prepared for it. You know, to clean it up, it required more time. It required more love, more grace, more patience on my end. I was a little bit frustrated. You know, it wasn't the normal kind of nappy change that I was used to. But by the end of that whole process, all I could see was my little boy looking up at me, smiling. It's a big smile on his face. I was like, oh, how can I be annoyed at this little man? How can I be annoyed? So Grace and I, we just looked, we looked at him, we laughed, we loved on him. We just enjoyed that moment. You know, I don't know what Josh is going to be like going into the future, but I know that kids make mistakes. Even us older ones, I make mistakes. But as he does, I need to learn to enjoy the moments. I need to learn to not get so caught up in the mistakes that he has done that I miss celebrating the things that are right there in front of me. You know, I need to pick out the gold from the dirt, not let his mistakes or wrongdoings overshadow the wins that he is progressing through, but just enjoy those moments. So the three things that we learn from the story of the prodigal son is that the father embraces, he elevates, and he enjoys. What I'm going to do now is I'm just going to ask the band to come, and I'm going to pray for all the dads, because dads, you're absolute champions. We just celebrate you, we honor you, just the the weight that you carry, the things that you, you do to impart into the younger generation and your kids. So if everyone could actually stand up, what we're going to do is we want to have the, all the dads, sorry, the dads. If we can get all the dads to stand up and, and if everyone else can just stretch out your hands, what we're going to do, we're going to pray for the dads right now. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, I thank you for all the dads that are in this room. But I thank you that you are our Heavenly Father. Well, God, I pray that as we go forward from this place, that you would help us to embrace our kids, to embrace the children, oh God, when the unexpected happens. Well, God, help us to, to love on them when things don't go according to the way that we had planned. Well, God, give us the words to speak over our kids that would elevate them and draw them closer to the plans and purposes that you have on their lives. God, help us to see the gold in our kids. Help us to focus on those and elevate our kids up. God, we pray that you would help us to enjoy our children, Lord God. They're a gift from you. Lord God, give us the strength, Father, and give us that discernment just to, to focus on our kids and just to celebrate the wins and celebrate them for who they are. Lord God, I pray for every dad that you would just bless them today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, that's it for me. Hope you guys enjoyed it.
Gonna love you. Have a good day. Come on, put a hands together. That was great. Great. You did it. You did it. You know, the reality is, Tosh, just thinking about that, that God, the Father, He talked about the mess little Joshua made. And the reality is, for all of us and all of our lives, we've made messes. Come on, somebody. Some of us are still making messes. Can I hear an amen? And it's just like we're, we're, we, we, we sometimes mess stuff up. And the beauty is, again, of how much our Father loves us. Oh, what is man that he is mindful? Of him, that God, God, in all of our mess, doesn't reject us, doesn't turn us aside, he doesn't push us away. He loves us. The Bible says, while we were enemies of God, even Christ loved us. We got to know that we do have a Father. I want to tell you, the devil's a liar. Three of you agree with that. I said, the devil's a liar. He's a lie. He's gonna lie about God doesn't like you. God's not interested in you. You're just this. You're just that. I, I, I want to tell you, we're gonna shut the mouth of the devil. How do we do it? By the word of our testimony, by what we understand about what God is in us and for us. He's our Father. He loves you. If you're here today and you're going, man, I don't know if God loves a person. I, I want you to know that your Father, your Father in heaven, loves you. Oh, I've made so many messes. Yep, and he'll change your nappies too. Come on, somebody. He'll he'll fix you up. He'll clean you, clean you up. He'll take care of your mess because he's got a mission for you. In fact, someone said, and I love it, they, God has a way of making our mess his message to a hurting world. None of us are perfect here. You know, all of us make mistakes. But know today, as you even leave this place, that there is a Father in heaven who loves you. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today and you're saying, man, I need to know this God. I need to know this Father. Maybe you've been coming to church for a while and you, you feel far away from Him. Maybe because you've made a mess. And maybe you thought, no, God's not interested in me. I'm too messed up. You've just realized right now, no, no, there, my Father does love me. If you're here today and you're saying, man, I need to get right with Him. I need to just not be like the prodigal son who ran away. I'm at the place where, where, where I need to run back to Him. Well, you've heard the story. He waits with open arms. If you would give your life to Him today, He will receive you. He will embrace you. He will celebrate you. And so if you're here today, and you know you need to get right. In a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer that says, Jesus, come, come into my life. Be the King of my life. Be the Lord of my life. If you want to be included in that prayer, you're just, you're saying, yeah, that's me. You're speaking to me today. Wherever you're sitting, would you just, if you want to be included in that prayer, with every head bowed and every eye closed, would you just put your hand up and say, that's me, Pastor. Would you include me in that prayer? I need to get right with God today. Is there anybody here today? Nice and high so I can see it. You know, thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Thank you over here. Anyone else? You know you need to get right with God. Don't move out of this place. Don't listen to the lies of the devil. Just, just anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. 
Let's pray this prayer together. Lord Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a Savior. I thank you that you're my Father in heaven and that you're holy. Today, I give my life to you. I give my life afresh. Be my Lord and my Savior. This I ask in Jesus' name.